This is Suzanne York from Humans Optimized. We believe that advances in technology, coupled with elevated human skills, create immense opportunity in the future of work. Now, with the upheaval of COVID-19, our future has quickly become today's reality. Through the uncertainty, fear, and concern of the pandemic, we find stories of human resilience, innovation, and hope. Join us as we share our experiences, discuss what may be ahead, and explore together how we can come back stronger than we were before. For those of us who are not on the front lines of COVID-19, this time is marked by an extensive stay-at-home period, complete with a roller coaster of emotions and experiences. With six weeks done and another nine to go in Massachusetts, some of our new lifestyle is starting to feel more normal or at least more routine. Eventually, we will get to reintegrate with others, which will lead to another transition back out of this period. It's hard for me to imagine what it will look like to come back together after having been apart for so long. To help us start to imagine what it might look like, I'm talking with Lori Close, transformational coach from Seattle, Washington. Welcome, Lori, and thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, I mentioned you're a transformational coach, and this is certainly a time of transformation. And it definitely calls for the need to be um, able to navigate this challenging time. I'm really impressed by your background. You come from um, uh, being a certified scrum professional. You're also certified in organizational and relationship systems coaching, which to me shows that your experience brings together a solid methodology for facilitation and a very human-centric approach to helping people navigate relationships that are inherent with working with one another. Mm-hmm. Given that, I'd love to learn more about your work and your passions for doing it. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's definitely been a journey, I would say, the, a lot of my experience, and not only for myself, but what I've been learning with others. So right now, you know, I work with an organization that's basically on the front line for COVID-19 here in Seattle. And um, a lot of it is, so with ORSC, so, which is short for Organization and Relationship Systems Coaching, it's a lot about the RSI, which is a lot of people are familiar with, you know, emotional IQ, which is the individual self, the system, and then the many voices inside of ourselves. And then there's the pair, so a social IQ. It's like myself and how others are responding to change. And then there's the larger system with larger groups. And then there's the whole large, like how we are together and each person's voice in the expression of the system. And sometimes that's not just people, but it could be the voice of the virus. And that's kind of how a lot of my most recent work has been focused on is what is the voice of the system? Like, what is your relationship with the virus? And that's been pretty interesting. Well, and that's how you and I came in contact with one another is you had put a really interesting post out on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. about this idea of personifying the virus and and having a conversation with it. I was struck by that and I reached out and you were so gracious to to respond. Can you share a little more about the experience you had and and the work around bringing to life something that's inanimate like the virus? Yeah. So um, I definitely have to say thank you to Marita from, uh, she's one of the co-creators of Orsk. And she had given homework after a phone call 
to have a conversation with the virus and to really welcome that, that voice in and without judgment, just what might that conversation look like? And when I was doing this, some information became available that I wasn't really aware of. And when I, and I do this sometimes by drawing because when I draw it out, it's just, it's not always just logical and I'm, my brain is tired. And so when I drew it, it was the, like the virus had this voice. First it started out mean. And then it was like, but it wasn't saying mean things. It was saying, you're not listening to me. I'm here to tell you guys to get along. And I want you guys to know to slow down and love each other more because I'm not as bad. My older brother is really mean and scary. And, and so while the virus was saying this, then I would switch over to like myself. And I'm like, Oh, I just, I'm, I'm hearing the virus talk. And then what I would say, and I was like talking like I was the voice of all the people. And I would be looking like I'm sitting there looking around and I'm like, you know, I'm going to miss my empty calendar. I'm going to miss, you know, hanging out in the yard and no commute and all this fun stuff. And I'm actually having really good relationships with the neighbors that I've never met because they never come outside. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I have to, I don't have to go back to normal if I don't want to. So it's kind of a conversation. I know. And it it might, to some who aren't familiar with this approach, this might sound a little odd, but mm-hmm. it's actually a tried and true technique. And mm-hmm. you had mentioned it was the third entity conversation. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's called a third entity in the Orsk coaching world. And it's, you can do it alone and you can do it with co- like two people and you can do it with larger groups. And it's one of my favorite tools. It's very powerful. Well, it's fascinating. I, I've used it. Uh, it's called something different from the methodology I've learned with teams, but I've used something similar where you really are looking to give another identity to a separate entity. That's a, um, whether it's a group of people coming together and forming the combination and mm-hmm. that having its own voice. Mm-hmm. So so this is something that has found its way into coaching to allow people to really get still to get curious and to consider other perspectives that they would not have if they continued on autopilot. Yeah, definitely. And I, ha- I think it also gives like, like deep democracy, which is all voices. And in the beginning, when I was hearing this word, I thought deep, deep democracy was everyone has to have a voice. And I originally thought just every person, well, it's anything. It could be giving a voice to a virus or it could be giving a voice to a rock or a, a, you know, a storm. And it could also, it's not just about giving everyone a voice. It's also hearing the voices that maybe are marginalized. It's that, mm. that voice that isn't the same as everyone else's, you know, and just not being judgmental about it and hearing it. Cause there's probably some wisdom in it. Oh, I, I can picture that, you know, somebody's voice who's, or some things perspective that is getting drowned out mm-hmm. and clearing away. And maybe that's a little bit of what this time has done is it has quieted some of the noise mm-hmm. that we previously had lived through so that we can then carefully select what we bring back up to, up to volume later. Yeah. And, and when you flip that too, maybe the voice, the virus is quieting us 
because we were so loud in our lives of saying, I'm too busy to get divorced because I'm just, I don't want to, I'm going to put it off. I'm going to put it off. Um, I'm too busy to um, sit down and have dinner with my family. I'm too busy mm-hmm. to do all the yard work, but it's almost like it goes both ways, right? It's quieting us so that we can see what's really important, even though it feels like might be the hardest thing to do. Well, and it is, it it wasn't something that we would have selected for ourselves. So to your point, we could have slowed down before. Mm -hmm. We could have chosen dinners every night at home or quiet time to think and reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yet it wasn't something we were actively doing and we certainly weren't collectively doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or to bring dinner to our neighbor, yeah. Um, to you know all the acts of kindness that have been happening, and creating things that we already with resources we already have instead of going out and buying them elsewhere. People are making things, things that we already have. We're doing that because we're kind of forced to do it right now, and it's kind of an interesting thing. That's it's uh, there's wisdom in what's what's happening. Yeah. And we're very fortunate that we can view this time this way. I think you brought up the idea of marginalized voices and people who are not as fortunate to be able to capitalize on this experience the way that we are. So, Mm -hmm. so I bring that up with just an immense amount of gratitude Mm -hmm. uh, for the opportunity that we are finding in, in the middle of this challenge. Yeah. Yes. And that's not to say there isn't, there aren't things on my mind about what comes next. Um, I mentioned in the in the beginning of this that we are going to come out of this at some point. We don't know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and the ball keeps getting punted down the field a little further with every announcement from the various governors. Um, but we, I have full confidence that we will reintegrate with one another, mm-hmm. and that gives me pause. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. have pictured this time frame if someone said to me at the turn of the the calendar year that hey, in a couple of weeks you're you're going to be asked to stay at home for a what would feel like a tremendously long period of time, I couldn't have pictured it. And and I'm at a very similar place right now where picturing reintegration is hard for me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I was curious if you would be open to trying that third entity conversation around what comes next. Yeah. Yes. And there's so many ways I'm thinking of this in my head of even combining third entity with like a high dream which is okay. where you almost like dream into what it would be like if you and I were to go into like, oh, it's lifted and you and I can go out. And it's like a, I, if I were to name it, it's like an awkward blind date, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like almost like the third entity is, is everything around us and, and how we are together um, in this world. and. But right before we go in there, it's almost like, okay, or what is it that we want to do differently? Because we can already imagine what it, what we would normally do. We would go in to lunch, and we would order food, we'd sit down, and it would, you know, no one's going to be worried about coughing or sneezing in the past. But in this right. new world, um, you know, yeah, do we shake hands? Do we hug? Do we? Mm-hmm. You know, are we exchanging other pleasantries that that we used to, and now we won't necessarily know if they're okay. And and I might be okay with it, but you might not. And how do we have mm-hmm. that exchange of of conversation or recognition that people could be in different places? Yeah, 
So I know. Yeah. So when I was thinking about this the other day, I was thinking, all right, so I'm the kind of person that might be, I will totally call out the awkwardness and be like, do you want to hug or do you, do you not want to hug? But I just want to hug you because I miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that could be, that could be a new norm. Like, can I ask you, where are you on this? And that's not something we had to do before. So being intentional about the, the, what's okay to, and how to say it could be a helpful way to create some common language before we have to be in that awkward moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we do that with teams a lot. And team coaching is we design our alliance on purpose is like, how do we want to be together when we're, things are good, but also how do we want to be together when things are not good? Um, and going out back into this world is going to be a, a little awkward, it seems like. So what you know I, what, do, what do you want when i see you <laughs> i like that idea the the because you're right the design alliance approach is really helpful it's kind of that meta conversation mm-hmm. before you launch an, into the conversation itself mm-hmm. and to say okay here how is it going to work what's the game going to look like and mm-hmm. then you you have the game itself so the design alliance is a great tool for people if you want to look more into that around being intentional on the relationship and the interaction piece of it Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've also seen in schools, there are teachers who recognize that children want to interact in different ways. And so there's some really great videos out there of teachers who will have signals for what the student is open for. So mm-hmm. do you want to wave? Do you want a high five? Do you want a hug? Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see taking that approach that that has been simplified in schools to a, a broader, bigger conversation when it comes to even adults interacting. Yeah, definitely. I also think before going out into the world again, I think it'd be so neat for, for families and people to really write down, you know, or keep like a running list of what it is that they want to keep going now and what they want to bring back in the future, right? Like, so for example, I'm loving the innovation that's happening right now. Like, the the fact that I had a doctor's appointment there the other, the other day over the phone, and mm. it was just a simple doctor's appointment. But it's just nice that I didn't have to run out and do it because I'm loving the bigger picture of my calendar being empty, so I have yeah. more time at home with my kids. Because right. that's to me that's important. So if I could just do a quick check in to get my medicine refilled and not have to go do it, that is important to me. And then I can spend more time with the people that I love the most doing things either here or there instead of all these little medium tasks. You know what I mean? Yes, I absolutely get that. And we, in my family, we have a number of um, doctors that that we see as well. And we've done quite a few telehealth visits in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And each one has been really useful. And the doctors have said, okay, great. I think this this appointment worked really well. And I really would like to, to see you in person in three months. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. If half the appointments turned telehealth and the other half stayed in person, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, so I think your point, really thinking about what is working and, and continuing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I think the, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Um, and also the, like the innovation with, I was shocked to see how much information I received from teachers on how to help my child's learning. And I, I was like, whoa, I never knew any of this stuff before. This is so great. Even though it's a lot of work. 
but it's still really neat. And then even just knowing that and then working with other parents that I know around here, like, um, you know, just getting to know other parents. And even though we're not meeting at the parks, they, we all meet up right behind our house. There's a cul-de-sac and they sometimes we'll go and we'll just open up the backs of our cars and we're all really far apart, but they, the kids can do homework and talk, but we're all sitting in the backs of our cars. Interesting. Yeah. So it's needing to be deliberate about doing it and then creative around Mm -hmm. it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot about teams too. Mm -hmm. So we've swung the pendulum and people are now working from home and they're making it work. Mm -hmm. And then when there's the option of coming back together, I'd like to see a scenario where the times that that people come together, it's now really seen as um, important in terms of no more multitasking. I was in so many meetings where people would be in the meeting, but on their phones. Mm-hmm. And now the the importance of being in, in, meet, in person with one another could help deepen the interactions when we're in person so that they're even more impactful. And then we can go back to doing the work remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see that of a, a scenario where the value of the in-person meeting will really shift because we'll likely do it less frequently than we used to. Mm-hmm. And because it's not going to be the norm, we really want to capitalize on the times we are together. Yes. Yes. I definitely agree with that. And I, I'm noticing too, like people, and I know I'm in like working with IT teams that are on, you know, working in vaccinations and everything, but it seems like they're so busy and they're hiding behind computers, but, but there, there is also this need. They want to be around people. And before it felt like they were getting connections through computers and Facebook, but now there's that feel of, I just want to be connected physically. So I'm, Mm. I can feel that sense of, I, I, they want to be around the people physically. So I'm hoping that this will, you can, you know, you can feel that, that sense of wanting to be together. And I'm curious to know how that's going to change and shift. Yeah, I do see a recalibration happening. You know, we, Mm -hmm. again, we, we went from a lot of in-person to a lot of technology all at once. And now it's all technology with very little in-person and recalibrating somewhere in the middle I think your word of curiosity is a good one because I don't exactly know how it will work, but I'm optimistic and curious. So, yeah, there's, um, what's it? And another thing that I, so in, in Orsk, the, one of the best things they have is meta skills. And it's like, before you go into a meeting, before you go into um, anything, it's what skills do you want to bring into that? Like that next thing. So even before this call, before I go into the real world, what is it that I want to have to, to just make sure I'm doing this? And so one of them is like inquiry and awareness. It's like, mm. I want to know like, okay, I want to have curiosity. I want to be aware of how I'm feeling and know that. And then there's deep democracy. Okay. I want to make sure I'm hearing all the voices. And then I want to have lightness. I want to just know that like, no matter what happens, like there's some humor. I'm not, I'm not saying that nothing is important, but I don't, I do not judge what's good and I don't judge what's bad. 
but it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and that intentionality really puts you in the right mindset and coming from a, a strong mindset can help then allow you to show up in a way that gets the results that you are hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, so that's the, a, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the, the crazy part, I guess, for me is, um, and my journey has been out of control. And before COVID-19, I was in my own crazy version of chaos. Yeah. And so when COVID-19 hit, I was like, oh, oh, I got this. This is cool. Um, <laughs> so I was actually really happy. And, yeah. um, but like, it's, it's, um, it really is letting go of whatever your ex- expectations are. And just mm. like, cause it, if it, it feels sometimes like when I was going to the store, people were like, I didn't have a mask at first. And I felt so judged and people looking at me like, Oh no, you need to have a mask. And, um, and I wonder how it'll be going out. Like when people start taking them off, you know, right. and somebody said the other day, wearing a mask, I don't wear it for me. I, it's an act of love. I wear mm. it. So I don't get other people sick. It's, it's all about perspective. And if I, I try really hard to just let everything go and not be judgmental and just know that everyone's doing their best. And it, I'm not here to say it's good or bad. And it's the same thing as we're in it now. And as, as we all go back into the real world, I believe that this is more about me and this, this is about us as a the whole world. Um, yeah, that's a really great way to think about it. And it brings up for me from Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. She mm-hmm. talks a lot about how people are doing the best they can in any given moment. Mm-hmm. And that best might look different because the moment changes. But if yeah. we can extend that empathy and that understanding that especially during a time of pandemic, people really are doing the best that they can. And mm-hmm. that includes the time periods following it. Yeah, definitely. Because not everyone has the same information either. Um, right. You know, I would the same perspective and the same experience. Yeah, yeah we're all different yeah. beings for a good reason. Yeah, but it it does it does feel like more. You know, it's shifting. There was a, a panic in the beginning. Now things are people are. You know, as a bigger effort, there's a lot of people that are trying to do acts of you know kindness and love and trying to make it together. And it, it seems like it's it's getting to the, a better place now. And, you know, it takes a little while to get a habit to form and people are washing their hands and man, it's so clean everywhere we go. It's yeah. so clean. Like front yards are like really looking great. That curb appeal is amazing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, well, this is nice. Like, so now where do we want to go? Where does the whole world want to, what do they want to take away from this? And, what's next? Like, what is everyone going to miss? I just, this is what I keep thinking is what are the posts and the articles going to say two years from now? They're going to be like, Oh, I miss the pandemic. I miss it. Mm, no, now I, I think know that's what they're gonna absolutely miss. true. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm also struck by the differences of experiences that people are having. Mm-hmm. You know, we obviously know the front line people on the front lines are having an incredibly intense experience, and even the people who mm-hmm. are at the banks and um, other in- and technology companies that they've had to transform what they're doing, and this this has not been a period of break or self reflection. Mm-hmm. My hope is that we can extend to them a period after all of this where they get to recharge. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're right. The stories two years from now will depend on not only what your experience was during this this pandemic period, but also in the the months afterwards. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is. I mean, that's that's true. It's the people that don't get breaks right now, and they're like looking at posts and people saying, "Oh, I'm so bored." And right. <laughs> well, well, let's take the conversation to where you would like to to see the story go from here. So, whatever time period makes sense, if it's a couple months or a couple years from now, what is it that you hope will be different, whether it's for you or for society or somewhere in between, after having gone through this experience? Yeah, um, I think so. I started a list of like what if I were to fast forward and look back, like what are the things I would miss? Um, I think or it kind of morphed into like what I would do differently. And I think, mm-hmm. so my, if I always take a picture of my big calendar on the wall every, and it's been like that for years. And the last few months, my calendar has been very blank, like so empty. And that was been, that's been a goal of mine. So part of the reason is, you know, there's so many things, but I think the innovation that comes with, you know, the telehealth doctor's appointments which is something that would fill it up a lot of times. We, I feel like I have a lot of doctor's appointments with um, stuff like that, with two little girls. I think um, being able to work from home is very helpful. You know, those two hours from a commute are very nice to not have to do that. And, right. and the ability to, for me to say no and to choose mm. to say no because I, I choose to be home. Mm. is is huge so that's a big action item for me and I also think that there's this level of trust that comes in and I'm not really sure how to word this but it's it's like the the teachers and the parents had to like they're building up this trust of like yeah I I don't always trust this and you don't trust me, but we're going to work it out. We're going to have to build trust because that's the only thing, but we can agree that we love our children and we want the children to succeed because they're our generation. They're the next generation. So we're going to figure it out. Um, and I think your, your point is well made about the relationships between families and and education. Now I can talk about appreciation. If we didn't appreciate our teachers before, we most certainly do now. Yeah. Um, and so how, what, what does that combination of parent teacher look like now Mm -hmm. uh, and going forward? So I am optimistic and hopeful about that, that change and shift as well. Yeah. But I I guess I think the biggest one for me is, and I've been practicing this one for a while is, is really whenever, just to be super aware of my emotions and when something huge happens and it feels like it's going to just rock my world is to just really pause and say, there's, this feels like it could be bad, but what is good in it? There, it's some, something chaos is happening 
because it's trying to tell me something. It's trying to do, it's trying to tell me that change is wanting to happen. Mm. And there, there's a reason for it. I mean, it's whether it's a person, you know, there's a disturbance in a system for a reason. And it's trying to do that because some change is wanting to happen. And just having that confidence to know, like it's, it's there for a reason and to not lose it, to stay like calm about it. I think that's the biggest thing and learning from it and just being graceful with the chaos is very important. Yeah. I like the detached um, sense I get from that, meaning you can look at the moment um, without being emotionally attached to it. You can Mm -hmm. use it as data, um, not judge, judge it for what it is or isn't, and Mm -hmm. then move forward from, from a place of um, confidence and appreciation for, for what it did. So yeah. Yeah, because life is always changing. So just... Yeah, and and there's the sense if we can get through this, we can get through just about anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, is there anything that we haven't touched on you were hoping to talk about today or anything um, you wanted to bring up? Uh, No, I would just definitely inspire. If anyone hears this, I would definitely suggest just sitting down and even if you get a toy in front of you, name it the... COVID-19 and, and say, so let's have a chat and see what happens. Yeah. This is yeah. the coolest thing I ever did. <laughs> well, I think that's fantastic. So this idea of the third entity conversation and bringing to life something that, that might have otherwise seemed inanimate uh, can give a whole new perspective and a, and a nice way of getting clear on what matters for you too. So, so thank you for that um, explanation and for sharing with us your tools and your tips coming from all your extensive background. And if people wanted to reach out to you, uh, what's a great way for them to connect or learn more about you? Uh, probably the best way is on LinkedIn. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And so we'll, uh, I'll include a link to that in the, the explanation on the, uh, the podcast notes. And I appreciate all of your time and your insights. And I wish you all the best all the way on the other side of the coast. Oh, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love to share your stories to help all of us come back stronger than we were before. For more information and to contact us, visit www dot humans optimized dot com. Mm-hmm.